Hello and welcome back to the Dentistry Online podcast. Um, I'm here today with Dr. Simon Chard, um, a cosmetic dentist based in Staines. Um, so how, how have the last seven months been for you? It's been a roller coaster of emotions, certainly. Um, I mean, it's been a very, very difficult time. Obviously, three months being shut down, um, continuing to pay business rates and, and everything else and no help from the insurance companies. So financially, it's been a really tough time. Um, and emotionally, it's been a really tough time. Uh, to be honest, by the end of lockdown, though, I was kind of enjoying it. It was sort of like a second paternity leave for me. And um, I got to spend lots of nice family time. We had great weather. So uh, once the initial pain had, uh, had passed to a certain extent, um, in some ways, it was, it was quite nice to be forced to stay at home and um, gave me lots of opportunities to do other things like, like launching Parlour and, and that sort of stuff, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. Um, but yeah, since we've been back, um, it's been tough with SOPs and just trying to make sure that you're doing the best for your team and your patients and keeping everyone safe and the sort of constant threat and stress that someone's going to get COVID or there's going to, I mean, you try your best, but there's always a risk of that. Um, but um, apart from that, I mean, now that the SOPs are sort of nicely in place and, and everyone's got to grips with the new normal, actually the demand for cosmetic dentistry and, and, and all comprehensive dentistry, to be honest with you, has been really great. Um, I think people are very focused on health. They're very focused on um, looking after themselves. I think the Zoom effect is a, is a real thing yeah. um, where people have been looking at their smiles close up for the last um, um, well, seven months or so on uh, from working from home. Um, and they've obviously got a bit more time on their hands because they are working from home. They're not going away on holiday. They're not spending money on going out for dinner quite as much exactly. and um so yeah the demand's been higher than ever really yeah i think i think you're right about that they're, they're dubbing it i think the zoom boom is what they're calling it at the moment yeah, i'll steal that one <laughs> <laughs> but yeah you're, you're completely right it's been a time of sort of reflection and 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 a lot of people i mean obviously some people have been hit harder than others but if people aren't going out and spending their money on things like holidays which have been very difficult um, they do have sort of more disposable income than, than they've ever had in some cases, um, in which case they, they start to look at things like cosmetic treatments. Um, so you say you've seen a spike in interest, have you? There's obviously, um, look, there's going to be a lot of job losses. There's going to be a lot of redundancies. And certainly I've, I've seen that already with some of my patients. And I think as the furlough scheme comes to an end, we're going to see even more of that, unfortunately. So there's definitely going to be a sector of the of, of the population that, definitely can't afford to have luxuries like cosmetic dentistry carried out. Um, but um, the, the counter side of that is that there are lots of, of people who uh, have, as you say, disposable income. There's going to be lots of people who are winners in this, mm. people who are involved in industries that are booming, such as, um, for example, I know they said on the, on the news today that the government's actually recommending vitamin D um, to everyone to help fight against COVID. So people who are involved in supplement industries and that sort of thing, I'm sure they're doing incredibly well. Um, so there's going to be winners and losers like anything. Um, but yeah, no, I've definitely seen a, I mean, we've, we're always very busy, um, but it, it's even more so now. And obviously with the fallow time restrictions and the, the limit to the number of people we can have in the practice, it just means that we're chock-a-block all the time because you have to push people back a bit. I mean, I've always worked with sort of a slow dentistry mindset anyway, so I've not really changed my okay. uh, format in that I have plenty of time around my appointments for hygiene and cleaning and, and all that sort of stuff anyway. But um, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting time. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely, definitely. And like you said, fallow time, I think, has been one of, I mean, if you've been able to adapt quite quite nicely to that, then that's definitely a good thing. So I can, it's been a bit of a hindrance, I think, when it comes to sort of how many patients can walk through the practice each day. What do you think are the key challenges for dentistry going forward, or more specifically, cosmetic dentistry? I mean, I know that's quite difficult to say at the moment, given that you know lockdowns can can be be imposed any second and we're not entirely sure how the year's going to pan out but i mean right now what do you think dentistry is going to look like over the next sort of six to twelve months with you i'd be be really and this is just my personal opinion i could be completely Uh wrong here but i'd be very very surprised if dental practices were shut down again um i think one of the most stark statistics that I found very shocking was that there's been, I think, a 75% reduction in the mouth cancer referrals to secondary care from um, in, in total. And there obviously hasn't been a 75% reduction in the incidence of mouth cancer. And so it, that sort of thing just highlights to me how important dentistry and oral care is. Um, certainly, I've seen a dramatic rise in the number of my patients who are normally very um, well uh, managed and stable with regards to dental disease, an increase in periodontal disease, an increase in caries um, after lockdown. So that's been very interesting to see mm. over a relatively short time period. Um, but I don't, I, I'd be surprised if dental practices were shut down again. We may fluctuate with regards to fallow times and that sort of thing, but I think I'm feeling pragmatically optimistic about the situation in that as we get more information about this virus, yes, the the number of cases will go up and down. We'll probably have a third wave and a fourth wave and a fifth wave, whatever. But um, as the the knowledge increases, as the science catches up with the incidents, I never think we're going to have, not with this virus anyway, um, another lockdown of the sort that we had in in March this year. Um, And so I feel quite... um, comfortable and and grateful to be honest with you that i'm in this profession because lots of professions don't have the stability that we have in dentistry if you're a pilot right now for example who knows when people are going to be flying again like they were before lockdown will they ever i don't know Um, i think a lot of business flights will now just be zoom calls um which is good for the environment so i'm happy about that but obviously for the airline industries and the hospitality industries they're really going to suffer um but I think dentistry, I think dentistry will come back stronger, to be honest with you. I'm feeling, I feel positive about it. I think there's been some, uh, some nice groups come up, like, like the BAPD over, over lockdown and um, sort of a unity with the profession. I don't think we were very well looked after by our governing bodies um, over the start of lockdown. It's very, very easy to have a go at the people who are trying to organise things when it's such a difficult situation. But... Uh, it, it was nice to see the unity between the profession and I think anything that brings us all together is a positive because we need a strong voice we need to all speak as one I hate to see dentists fighting amongst each other um, and sort of not practicing an abundance mentality but being very sort of territorial uh, I'm all about things that bring us together so hopefully we'll come back stronger dentistry will improve we'll have a focus on quality uh, and move on from there absolutely no I completely agree with you I think it's it's become very clear that this has been an incredibly difficult time on the flip side of that like you said earlier you know there's winners and losers and in the same way there's positives and negatives that come out of situations like this and definitely something that has become clear and is a positive that has come out of this is that it's brought the profession together I I think I think you're right and and fingers crossed going forward um, things only get better from here on in uh, because those two and a half months where, where you guys were 
unable to to be in practice I, I could see how hard it was for for everybody um so yeah fingers crossed it it, it continues as it is and, and only gets better yeah absolutely I, I think i think at that time it was just it was just the unknown i mean obviously we didn't know how long we were going to be stuck in lockdown for the finances weren't going to last forever so um I don't know what the stats are now on how many practices went under. Um, I know I know at the time they were saying, I saw in the paper, one in five. Um, I don't know if that was a real figure or if that was just press. But um, it's, um, yeah, at the time it was difficult. But I think, as I say, I'm, I'm remaining positive, yeah. um, remaining grateful and, um, and uh, yeah, moving on from there. Yeah, exactly. I think that's all we can do at this point. Um, and I think... Like I think you said it earlier, our as our knowledge increases on the virus, um, it will become a little bit easier to adapt and and, and change where these these sort of waves come in. Um, so yeah, less onwards and upwards, hopefully. Um, but obviously, we're we're also here to talk about um, our the launch of our brand new magazine, um, Clinical Dentistry, um, which will kick off officially in the new year. Um, so what what is it? You're you're a part of our editorial board. Um, what, what is it about the magazine in particular that you're particularly excited about? My practice, I work as part of a multidisciplinary team and I, I genuinely believe that in doing that, um, you're able to provide the best quality of care for your patients. When everyone has a strong method of communication, we obviously use a lot of digital, we use a lot of um, advanced techniques mm -hmm. um, and technologies. And I think when you're all in one location and you have a relationship between each other, you can communicate and give the best outcome to your patients. And I think the thing that I found uh, the nicest about uh, the Clinical Dentistry magazine is that it, although I enjoy reading specifically about cosmetic dentistry or specifically about implantology, it's nice to see lots of industry leaders come into one location. Um, and again, it's this unity thing that I was talking about earlier, um, everyone coming together and actually um, the more we collaborate and the more we communicate, the, the better we can make dentistry in the UK. So hopefully it will help us as a profession in this country to position ourselves even more so as one of the strongest countries for dental care across the world. Yeah, no, definitely. And what, what, what is it about clinical aspects of dentistry that you think is so important? Sort of having this wide range of knowledge spanning across, like you said, different disciplines. Why do you think this is so important um, for the future of dentistry? on educating yourself I mean every day is a school day and you need to continue to um, develop your skill set I, I genuinely believe that BDS is just a passport to get started and the real education starts from there certainly if I had never done any more postgraduate education from that point I would be an incredibly inefficient and stressed out dentist and I think the, the more you can educate yourself via different mediums via social media via peer-reviewed articles via um, hopefully one day again physical um, training courses um, from clinical wet finger dentists who have years of experience behind them or who have a special knowledge set in uh, a specific technique or technology uh -huh. um, I think the more that the, the profession as a whole is going to develop and I think the more people can educate themselves the, the more enjoyable dentistry is and the less stressful it becomes and Mental health in dentistry is something that I'm very, very passionate about. It's a big, big problem in our profession. Um, and it's something that I've sort of taken as a personal mission to increase the profile around. Mm. And I think one thing that's, that's really helped me to reduce my stress and, and burnout around dentistry is just increasing my skill set and just focusing on education, focusing on my training. Uh, and even now, I mean, I, went, I just got back from 
uh, Italy last week. I was out there learning from a, a, a fantastic dentist um, on a new technique that I haven't been using before. Um, and um, I could quite easily just rest on my laurels and carry on doing things the way I've always done them. But I think it's really, I find it very uh, exciting and uh, necessary to, to continue my training pathway. And I, and I will continue to do that until I eventually retire, I guess. <laughs> I think, I think you're right. And I think going back to the mental health thing as well, I think it's good to use that side of your brain that perhaps isn't used when you're in practice. Um, so obviously there's, there's the work side of things when it comes to dentistry, but if you're just focused on that one element um, of the profession, it, you can become very overrun um, and you can become quite overwhelming. But like you said, not to say that learning can't be stressful because obviously it can be, but to, to, to use that other side of your brain and to sort of take yourself out of the practice and continue to, to learn um, and uh, adapt um, and educate yourself. Um, I, I agree. I think it's a good thing to get that sort of balance between the two in, in, any, in anything, really. I think too much of one thing can become quite overwhelming. So, um, yeah, no, I understand how, how that can help. How was Italy? Was it, how was the, uh, the well, the, the circumstances out there? Is it? Very well, to be honest, when I was there, they had one of the lowest rates in, in uh, Europe um, at that point. I don't know how they're doing now. Um, but they, I mean, obviously they were, they were, hit, I was in North, uh, well, relative sort of mid to North Italy as well. So that was obviously an area that was really badly hit, um, right at the start of lockdown. Um, but I think they've learned a lot of less lessons. They're very, very strict on masks out there. Um, everyone's wearing masks outside all the time. Um, so I think they've got a, they've got a handle on it or certainly they did then, but, uh, yeah, no, it's good. I love Italy. It's one of my favourite countries. I ate a lot of Parmesan, um, <laughs> like a lot of Parmesan. I was in, I was in Parma, so oh, yeah. I'm in the home of Parmesan. So every course had some sort of cheese in it. <laughs> um, so yeah, cheese and implantology. It was good, good to be done. I was about to say, that's not a bad mix. I'd take that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Parla, um, your, your toothpaste tab brand, um, you said over lockdown you had a lot of time to um, to work on this and develop it and, and market it. Um, I've actually I use it at home. Yeah, I've I've introduced my sister to it as well. So I, the, the 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 pot is slowly getting well, not slowly actually. It's it's quite quickly reducing now. So I realised she started <laughs> to use it when yeah. so I'll come in and I'm like this this. I mean it's great obviously, but it's it's less for me. <laughs> um, subscription, I think. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it is time. It definitely is time. Um, but yeah, how's, how's that going? What's, what's, what's next for Parla? Yeah, so we actually started the development process back in uh, at the start of 2019. Um, so it was a year in development with regards to the tablets and the marketing and the creative and the, the packaging. And for anyone who's ever started a, a sustainably focused brand uh -huh. from the ground up, it makes every single decision so much harder. So every every decision around packaging, every decision around shipping, every decision around everything, you have to think, okay, what's the most cost-effective way to do this? But also, is that sustainable? And if it isn't, then, and naturally it isn't, the cheapest thing is never the most sustainable thing. Hence why toothpaste companies have forever packaged in, in plastic because it's so cheap. Um, but um, yeah, it, it's driven us, uh, it's driven us to, to the point we are today. So yeah, we launched, in March this year, right at the start of lockdown, which was oh. uh, super interesting. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we've had a, we've had a great ride. I mean, what are we now? So seven months in, um, we've got thousands of subscri subscribers already. Um, we have had press uh, in 
GQ and Vogue and Women's Health and Grazia. Uh, we were on This Morning, which was wow. insane on, IT, on ITV with Holly and Phil. Um, so that was a mad day, watching that in the surgery, <laughs> seeing my little pot of parlour on, on the TV. Um, and, uh, and yeah, it's been really, really great. I mean, it's been, it's a whole new world. I think we started this just because we felt there was a real problem that we needed to solve. And we thought that it would be sort of a little side project for us. But now, to be honest with you, it's it's as important to me as my dentistry, um, and it's something that I think is is I'm just so so passionate about the the message. Like, if if someone, are, I think the majority of the country, the majority of the world, don't realise that toothpaste tube that they use every single day, and every toothpaste tube they've ever used takes 500 years to decompose. So that means that every tube you've ever used still exists somewhere on the planet. Yeah. It's still there somewhere in some form because it doesn't just go away. You can't you can't recycle it. It sits in landfill and it decomposes into small bits of plastic, which get into the ocean and get into our, our ecosystem. And um, that that's the real driving force for me behind Parlor. Like I, I we need to educate the world on that problem. We need to stop using single use plastic for our daily disposable disposable items. Uh, and Parlor is designed as a reusable glass jar with an aluminium lid, completely plastic free. The refills come out in compostable bags, which just breaks down into water and carbon dioxide and biomass. Um, so it's completely zero waste in that regard. Um, and um, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's something that I'm incredibly passionate about, especially, I don't know if you watched David Attenborough's recent uh, film documentary on, um, on Netflix, but I mean, I, I, as I said before, I've got a two-year-old girl and it really, really scares me the, what the state of the environment is going to be by the time she's my age. Um, I mean, they say by 2050 that there'll be more plastic in the ocean and fish by weight. Um, and that's just horrible. I mean, the ocean is my favourite place to be. If I'm on the ocean, in the ocean, by the ocean, that's where I'm happiest. And um, the thought of that being completely decimated by something that's completely preventable. Um, and obviously, Parlour is just one small part of that overall um concept but it's these sort of what we call what we call it hashtag one small change it's these one small changes that we all need to make to actually make a difference like you can't just say oh amazon's the problem or um i don't know walmart or, or whatever the big the big tesco's are the problem like yes they are a problem they need to sort their, themselves out but actually it's all of our responsibilities as consumers to change our purchasing habits otherwise um they, they have no incentive to change. Um, but thankfully, I think there is a tide of change coming and, and I'm really happy to be a part of that. And, uh, and hopefully we can, get, um, uh, we can get toothpaste tablets to be the, the next generation of toothpaste. And, that, and that's generally, genuinely but what we believe we are, we're working on. Yeah, definitely. I think you're right about the, the small steps. I think it's, sometimes it's quite hard for people to conceptualise how the future will look. And they think, well, what, what am I, what's this going to do? You know, how, how am I going to make a change? I'm just one person out of millions and billions of people across, across the world. But then if you think about it, if thousands of people have signed up to Parlor and they're no longer using plastic um, toothpaste that comes in plastic tubes or plastic packaging, um, think of that impact at a wider scale and then add it to everything else that everybody else is doing. And it, and it, it does create and it does make a massive difference. I think something I, I particularly like about Parlor as well is that it's palm oil free. And I think a lot of people don't realize how how often palm oil is used and then how many products it's in um, and the impact that then has on 
um, on the environment like it's it's absolutely huge so that for me was a was a really good thing to see um i yeah i think uh, the, that was a, dub, a double win for us in that the ethical benefits of that um, are obviously dramatic, uh, as was shown in, in David Attenborough's um, David, like I'm like I'm friends with him, um, <laughs> in, in David Attenborough's um, uh, documentary. Uh, but also the fact that it's sulfate free. I know, and I'm sure I speak for a lot of my uh, clinician friends with this that when you have patients who have a sore mouth and then it's really irritated to think like spicy foods, especially if they've had chemo or anything like that. Um, if you switch them away from a, a, an SLS, a sodium lauryl sulfate containing toothpaste, which is what's made from palm oil, SLS is a, a harsh foaming agent, um, which we've elected to remove for ethical reasons. Um, if you take that away and use a milder surfactant, um, then actually it's, it's far, I mean, it's far more comfortable for the patient they can eat again. And they think you're a miracle worker. It's, it's an amazing transformation. Um, and so although our tablets foam less as a result of that, and so there's an educational piece around that as well. Um, we felt that, that was really, really necessary. Um, especially unfortunately as more and more people get cancer and, uh, and have to have chemo and, and that sort of thing, it will become more and more of a problem, but the mouth is a very sensitive place and it's not the sort of place that you want a really harsh foaming agent that irritates the mucosa. So that, yeah. that was our, um, our personal take on it. No, it's good. There's a, there's a, like you said, a double win there. It's, it's both ethically, um, it's both better um, ethically and, and it's actually helping, helping patients. Um, that's, that's exactly what you want really, isn't it? It's sort of a bit of a no -brain. It's just difficult. It's difficult to get used to not having so much foam in the mouth. It is, but I, I think that's that's almost a, an expectation that people have of toothpaste that is just, which it's just, I don't know why we people have that expectation, but because it, you've always experienced it, you then assume that that's the right thing, that something that needs to happen when you're brushing your teeth. But I think, like you said, alongside alongside parlor, if you're sort of educating patients as well and explaining, look, this isn't something that toothpaste has to do in order to effectively clean clean your clean your teeth. Um, then that's great because then they can better understand um, why, yeah, like you said, why you've taken that out and, and how it's going to benefit them and the environment. So a question, a question I ask at the end of all podcasts, um, moving away from dentistry a little bit, is what you like to do outside of your day-to-day -day job, um, any hobbies, anything that people might not know about you? So obviously I run two businesses, so that, uh, there's not that much time outside of my, uh, <laughs> my work, as I'm sure my wife would, would tell you. Um, but uh, I think the thing that that is most prevalent every single day uh, outside of work is exercise for me. Um, and the, the reason for that is, is a few reasons. Firstly, going back to the mental health point, I find and I exercise first thing in the morning. I wake up at five. Um, I, I work on some emails for parlor normally. And then I, I start my exercise at six until seven. First patient's at 8.15. Um, and... Um, yeah, that, that uh, hour of exercise each morning is something that's really, really important to me to keep my mental health in, in, in check. Um, loads and loads of evidence to support the fact that regular cardiovascular exercise reduces the risk of stress, burnout, uh, mental health issues. Um, so that I find, I, I feel like I've already won the day when I've, when I've got that in. Um, anyone who follows me on Instagram uh, will know, at Dr. Simon Chard, I'll get a little plug in there, um, will know that I, uh, I'm normally to be found posting myself on my Peloton bike, uh, which I got towards the end of lockdown, which I'm completely obsessed with. 
Um, and uh, yeah, I absolutely, I, I should be, I should be a KOL for a Peloton. I think, I'm <laughs> what's selling a, what's, so many of them to my friends. What's a Peloton bike? What specific? What makes it different? Uh, so basically, it's, it's your live riding with uh, other people. Oh wow! So um, you can, it's it, it's sort of a bit of a gamification of spinning. Um, so it's a spin bike, and you've got the a big flat screen in front of you with a um, uh, what do they call, like a coach type thing and uh, yeah it, it doesn't sound like much but it's 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 amazing it's really really great and it's I mean super super high intensity um and that's um, that's really my sort of meditation at the moment but um so yeah that's it that's it really so just keeping healthy great for the mental health um fitness is a big big thing for me um and uh, yeah that's about it I guess no I agree with you about starting the morning I I'm much I've become a lot more demotivated to exercise as the day goes on I feel like evenings for me are you know it's the, you want to switch off and you just want to sort of take some time for yourself so I'm I mean it's getting a little bit more difficult now the mornings are getting darker um but definitely I understand that getting up exercising and it like you said you've already won the day it does feel like you've already made you're, you've already sort of done something productive and it sets you up for for the rest of it um, absolutely well, there's always there's always an excuse to not exercise at the end of the day I mean you finish late from work Exactly. you you have to have dinner you have like you want to spend time with the family um so i just find especially as a parent being a parent forced me into it because i just I, there was no chance of me exercising when i got back from work uh, and once my little girl's awake then there's madness in the house so it's a nice peaceful time for me to have just to, to focus on myself um which i think is really important when you're when you're working in, a, in an intense job like dentistry also as a dentist, you're sitting down all day and, and that's really not great for you. I and mean, they say sitting's the new smoking. So um, from, a, from a health and a longevity point of view, uh, which I'm really, really interested in the whole concept around around sort of lifespan and, and health span, yeah. um, living to an old age in good health. I think that um, regular exercise, like that's really, really important. Yeah, definitely. I think it's both physical and mental, the benefits of it. Um, and yeah, like you said, no better time to do it when everyone's asleep um, early in the morning. <laughs> but um, thank you so much for coming on today. Um, it's been lovely talking to you. And um, yeah, have a oh, good luck for the last three months of the year. Well, two months almost, I guess now. <laughs> <laughs>